Hello, y'all. Welcome back to the Where He Leads podcast. I'm Amanda Combs, and with me is my brother. Ryan Combs. Hello, everybody. We hope you've had a good week, and we are ready to dive back in to our study of Peter. Last time we uh, discussed, uh, talked about Peter and um, his very much his growth process in... um, with Jesus as uh, throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the many times that he uh, both failed and succeeded, and um, you might say failed forward. Yeah, I mean, we mainly just talked through kind of his calling, his background, his calling by Jesus, uh, much of his growth through walking with Jesus, and it ended with, um, yeah, after he uh, failed so to speak, when he denied Jesus three times, but when Jesus met him with grace and mercy and then called him into his purpose. So uh, we're excited to pick up, uh, to kind of talk through um, what came next for Peter, specifically in the book of Acts. And we think this will probably be a three-part kind of study on Peter, this being the second part, and then the third part, maybe dive a little more into some of Peter's writings in the epistles. But yeah, we're excited to uh, dive back in. But again, if you're following along, which we hope you are, uh, a lot of what we're talking about today will be in the book of Acts, which came after Jesus ascending. Um, so we'll kind of just hop in. So kind of chronologically where we're starting at. Again, we ended last time about how Peter denied Jesus three times after he specifically told him he wouldn't. How many of us have specifically told Jesus, I'll never do this again. And then we end up doing it again. Uh, this is something Peter did. But again, Jesus met Peter with grace. He reminded him of his purpose. He told him he loved him. And then he pushed him out into his calling. And much of what we're going to talk to today talk about today is Peter walking out that calling that Jesus reminded him of and enforced, reinforced there in the fire uh, by the Sea of Galilee that day. So we basically, again, Jesus ascends after appearing to hundreds of people. Uh, Jesus ascends into heaven, but he told his disciples, wait, the Spirit will come to you. Um, and then in Acts page here. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, we have, have the whole story of Pentecost, where you basically have the disciples waiting in a room, um, praying, waiting and praying, waiting and praying for the Comforter, as Jesus told them, the Spirit to come. Um, While they were waiting, they did um, choose a replacement for Judas. You're right. You're right. They did. So yeah, the disciples as a whole, they... And the reason that that's even worth pointing out right now is because Peter very much took the lead on that. Like, Peter, um, we had noticed throughout the Gospels, had become one of the, like, leaders of the disciples. Obviously, Jesus was the main leader. But, um, and here, after Jesus ascends to heaven, we see Peter deliberately taking that role as leader and saying, okay, we need to fulfill this role that uh, Judas has essentially given up. Absolutely. He he saw a place for leadership was needed and he stepped in with wisdom and, and what he knew. Um, and again, that was, it was before the Spirit came. So uh, we discourage casting lots to make decisions now. <laughs> because that's how they did it. Because <laughs> that was how it was done in that time. But, but as Amanda said, the point is, Peter is stepping in and 
continuing to be in that calling to be bold and to be a leader that Jesus told them to be. Lots aren't really anything that we talk about a lot today, so I'm not sure that people really even know what lots are. I, I probably don't know as much about it as what they actually did, but it seems like they threw dice almost. <laughs> <laughs> they drew straws. It's like, these are the three we feel like the Spirit has told us. Now we're going to, uh, we feel like God has told us to choose from, and we're going to all three are good options, so let's, to be fair, let's draw straws. <laughs> I mean, and well, the idea was that the Lord was guiding for the sure, results for sure. of the And lots. we can get into a whole conversation but of that, because those are all three faithful men, I'm sure. And the one that was just not like the other two bounced and left. Like, they all continued to lead and to be disciples in that way. So, yeah, so we have Pentecost. So, so they're praying, they're waiting, and... Uh, you could have many, many, many lessons on just Pentecost, but we're not going to dive deep into that right now. But more or less, the Spirit of God descended upon them, um, not just on them, but they, they go out and there's a whole festival coming on, which means it's a, that, it's a Jewish festival, which means people from all countries around Jerusalem have come to this town for this. And, and if it, you think about this historically, there... After the Old Testament, you know, the Jews were very much dispersed among so many different countries. But during holy festivals, a lot of them would travel back to Jerusalem. So it wasn't like, oh, they all spoke the same language. Oh, they all did this. Because for generations, they had been spread out through the Middle East, throughout even probably into Europe, Africa, part, Europe, Africa Asia. Um so this was a point in time where they would come back intentionally to Jerusalem. And, you know, God, in his very not-so-random planning, um, chose this point in time to pour out his Holy Spirit on not only Peter and the other disciples, but everybody who was there. For sure. I mean, it's, it's the way God works. He's not random. He, he does things on purpose intentional intentionally so at a time when people are his people are gathering back to jerusalem god uses as a time to use peter and to use his followers for the spirit to be fallen on them and for them to then speak the gospel speak the truth of jesus that he has come that he has died that he's provided a way forward uh reconciliation with god that the messiah has come to speak it, and then through speaking in tongues and the translation that's happening through the Spirit, all these people that have come here with different languages are hearing it. So it's very much like a reverse of Babel, if you go back to Genesis, where you have the Babel, Tabel or Babel, where everyone was trying to seek God through their powers and trying to speak one language. God said, no, 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 you're think, you're doing, you have the wrong intent, everything here, so he separates them. Well, here at Pentecost, you have... Instead of God sending out, you have God bringing them back in. And while they all speak different languages, through the Holy Spirit, the gospel is then translated and, and provided to all of them so that thousands are saved. And what we're getting to here through Peter in this is that as all this is happening, kind of chaotic, who's going to do what, whatever, Peter steps up. And what does Peter do? Instead of being afraid that people, because people thought they were drunk, <laughs> like there was yeah. so many different languages being spoken. Some of them maybe even languages that we didn't that are more tongues that aren't just Middle Eastern or African, whatever. Well, I mean, but if we you've never know. heard the Asian languages, at that sure. Point I mean, time, there's that so many different languages you may have heard, and instead of being like, "Oh no, no, we're not this, we're not this," I don't know Jesus, we're not drunk. No, Peter stood up and said, "No, these fools are not drunk. 
we are not drunk, but we have been given the Holy Spirit through Jesus. Who is this? Who you killed? Who this? Who this? But who has boldly? He spoke very boldly uh, to thousands and thousands of people in this crazy, chaotic city of Jerusalem at this time, and thousands are saved. Thousands. Um, So as soon as the spirits come, Peter is boldly accepting the leadership role he's been given. And through that leadership, he is serving. Through that leadership, he's proclaiming the gospel of Jesus, not all the things that he used to do uh, of trying to just, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. No, he, his, he was stepping into his calling, letting the Spirit lead, and uh, the gospel was being moving forward and the kingdom was moving forward because of it. Yeah, and the difference is who was getting the glory. Like, before it was... All in the times that Peter messed up, he, the glory was trying to come back to himself in some ways because of pride. Um, but here, the glory was given straight to God, and then that was what furthered the kingdom. And um, I don't know, y'all may have heard this metaphor before, but um, if you imagine us as like being like cups or glasses or something of that nature, um, God pours into us through the Holy Spirit. And then we're not, we don't sit there and just hold it in. He overflows us so that we may pour out into everyone around us. And that's very much what happened here. Like Peter had been filled and overflowed. And imagine like, think of the human. I want us to like keep touching back on the human aspect of Peter. Like he was another person, right? Imagine what Peter's thinking after all this happens. (laughs) He had to go back and be like, what the heck just happened? Like that was crazy. Like, Jesus told us to go pray. We prayed in this room forever. We didn't think it was ever going to happen. Then all of a sudden, it happened. Thousands of people. I'm preaching. People think we're drunk. Thousands are getting saved. People who speak other languages are hearing what we're meaning when I can't even speak their language. But they're still hearing the gospel. Thousands just got saved. We're baptizing people. Like, what is happening? You know there's some stress level, too, because, like, when an organization grows fast. Yeah. Leadership is like, what do we do? Like, how do we handle this? How do we have the bandwidth? And you'll see throughout the rest of Acts, church leaders continuing kind of working with that. Not saying it was an organization, but they're saying like, okay, how do we care for these people? Yep. How do we guide them? How do Logistically. We, yeah. How do we give them encouragement, which is the letters? Yeah. How do we feed the people who need fed? How do we do this? How do we do that? And... um you see Peter and, and many of the other disciples throughout the book of Acts stepping up into leadership roles. New leaders emerging. Um, addressing the problems Addressing the rest. problems at hand. And again, that's more of a whole study on the book of Acts. And maybe we'll get into it another time. But throughout the next so many chapters, really the first 12 chapters of Acts, you have Peter doing a lot. Um, a lot of kind of what's going on there. I mean, he starts Peter and John... Peter, James, and John are healing people, right? I mean, there's so many gospel songs. We've done a lot of bluegrass gospel songs of, of Peter doing Peter healing people, uh, walking through Jerusalem just like John, all yeah. these different <laughs> things. And, I mean, Acts 3, they heal a beggar. Um, they get arrested. Like, Peter, this is the beginning of Peter being in jail a lot. <laughs> It is, but this story, like, there's there's so much, like, at the end of this, of, of the lame beggar being healed, so they're, they're at this gate called 
beautiful. Like I'm going to end up quoting this song. I've got to stop. Um, but this is in Acts chapter three and the, there's this lame man who had been there since birth and daily people brought him there to beg, um, at the, this, the beautiful gate, which is one of the, the entrances to the temple. And, uh, Peter and John walk by and he's like begging, obviously. And Peter says in verse six, I have no uh, silver or gold, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Can you imagine what that beggar was thinking? Say what? Yeah. I just wanted some silver, but, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Talk about being stunned. Oh, for sure. And what I love about that story, too, and I think this is the right one. I'm looking at it, trying to make sure here. That dude just hung close to Peter and John throughout all of it. Like, throughout the rest of chapter 3 and chapter 4, you kind of get what happens to Peter and John because they're taken in front of, uh, like, Peter preaches again in the Solomon's portico. Then they're taken before the Jerusalem, or before the council, which is... Basically, the Jewish priests. And that's when they're called uneducated men. Yeah. Uh, but in like chapter 3, verse 11, it's talking about the man that healed them. It says, while he clung to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the portico called Solomon. So this guy just learned how to walk. And he's like, I'm staying close to these guys. Like, what's going on? Something's happening here. And then that man hears the gospel because in verse 17, Peter then goes into preach. Now, brothers, I know you act in ignorance and also did your rulers. And then he continues into preaching. Uh, and then the priests and captains of the temple and the statues came upon them, greatly annoyed, uh, in chapter 4, and arrested them. And I'm pretty sure when he arrested them, they arrested the dude that got healed, too. So the next, hold on, let me... And Peter preached again. When they saw, and what you said in verse 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. What a compliment, right? <laughs> but the whole point of there then is like, their education level had nothing to do with their ability to be used in the hands of God mm -hmm. because it had to do with the fact that God chose them, God spoke with them. Yeah, and here it is in verse 14. It says, But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. This dude went to jail with them. <laughs> Immediately after. He went to jail healed. for being healed. Literally. But because he was like, well, I'm not leaving these guys. They healed me. Well, you're coming to jail with them. Okay, let's go. And in it, like Peter keeps preaching, he keeps preaching. And because they saw Peter, like, well, we don't like him, but here's the proof that he healed somebody. I don't know what we're supposed to do with it. Uh, I just think that's a cool story, kind of a side segment. That, that guy just like, I ain't leaving them. They're going to jail. I'm going to jail too. <laughs> but you're right. Peter's boldness through all of that is well, and I just amazing. think back, you know, in the Gospels, uh, Jesus sent the disciples out at one point to go... Um, tell people the good news that he had come and um, to heal people. And I remember there was specifically one story where they came back and they couldn't heal. Or I think it was actually cast out a demon maybe. Oh, a specific one. But yeah, he was like, that um, requires much faith and prayer and, and fasting. And the disciples were like, why can't we do this? Yeah, and that was <laughs> Jesus' answer. Um, but can you imagine the growth in Peter's faith from that moment to this moment? He's seen so many things since then. Jesus be crucified and rose again. And Jesus literally call him out and be like, feed my sheep. I love you, Peter. Feed my sheep. And then step is seeing Pentecost. And then here they are healing a, a man. And 
talking in front of the Sanhedrin. It's just another day, another walk in the park. Well, I think so much of it is because Peter's keeping it simple too, right? Like, I think missions very much is, we overcomplicate it, but missions, sharing the gospel at its core is experiencing God, mm-hmm. experiencing God's love, and then sharing about God's love. Yep. And then when you share, you experience God again. Yep. And then as you experience God, share. It's just, it's keep going. It's yeah. Once you experience the love of God, don't keep it in. Like, share it with people. And as you have that faith to share it with people, you see God move. You see God work, which is experiencing God and increasing our faith. But mm-hmm. don't take that as something light. Take that as, man, God just moved in my little act of faith. And then go share with people about how he moved. Mm-hmm. So, like, whoever, when you listen to this, like, if you're out, like, Pray each morning when you're praying, God, guide me by your Holy Spirit. If there's someone you want me to talk to, if there's somebody you want me to pray for, if there's a time in the day when I'm looking at my phone, but you prod me of, hey, let's read, let's get in the Word a little more instead of taking your phone at this point. Listen. And as you listen, watch God move. And as you see God move, then go tell people, hey, can I tell you about something kind of crazy that happened? The God of the universe moved in my life. It was kind of crazy. Can I tell you about it? And then see God move in that. And then experience it. And then go share it again. Just at listening to the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And walking in it. Um, and that simple, him and thanking Him along Yes, the way that simple obedience is what changes the world. Because mm-hmm. uneducated common men, empowered by the Holy Spirit, led by God, change the world. They are the, that's oh. the reason. Uneducated common men in... Israel, that movement led to us talking about this Middle Eastern man sitting here in Lost Creek, Kentucky today. So, I mean, like, don't underestimate the work that the Spirit can do through you. Don't let this, don't let Satan trick you into thinking, oh, well, you're uneducated, you're common, you're blah, 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 you can't do this. Well, they weren't either, and that's the whole point. Because the whole point is, isn't you saying, well, I'm good enough, so I'm going to do this. No, it's saying, no, I'm not good enough. But there's a God who loves me, who died for me, and who wants me to share that with you. So that then we can all be on the same team, reconcile with God, have eternal life in Him, but have purposeful eternal life starting now as well. And as He chooses to use us to serve Him, like He will give us literally everything we need. Like, even the words in our mouth, like... Remember, like, Peter was was a fisherman. Like, he was a working class. He was a brute of a man. (laughs) I think it was at the end of uh, uh, um, one of the Gospels where Peter pulls in a a huge load of fish by himself. So, Peter was was no uh, weakling. But... He in even in his sermon here in Pentecost, like he is quoting the Old Testament prophets. He's quoting Joel, which is like I mean that's that's going deep, Old Testament deep. Um and and then quoting David and and all these things like very um educated level um information in his sermon, despite the fact that he wasn't yeah. an educated you know, a super educated guy, um, like God literally will give you everything you need to say and everything you need to do, yep. whatever he is called to do when you need it, maybe not before, yep. but he'll give it to you when you need it. Our job is to be obedient. Absolutely. And as we move on, like in Acts 5, you've got a crazy story of Ananias and Sapphira, uh, Sapphira, I may have pronounced it wrong, but the core of that one is Peter 
as the church is being formed, Peter, God reminded them through Peter that, hey, I am to be feared. This is not something for you all to just make money off of. This is not something for you all to take lightly. If you are following me, if you are in the church, this is something to give your life to. Not so, and doesn't the, the problem there was they said they were giving a certain amount and then they gave a different amount because they wanted the self-glory instead of like, if they only wanted to give that amount, then just say you were just giving that amount. Anyways, Peter was used in a very, very, very drastic way. Um, and that's hard. It was very hard, but he stepped into it. L- lives were literally lost in this situation. Um, but the fear of God went throughout the church and a glory was made in that. And again, that, that can be a conversation for another day as well. But Peter is being used in those bold situations. And then in Acts 10, um, Peter, a Jewish man who was as prideful of Israel, Jews, everything, he is used to show God reveals to the Gentiles, to a Gentile man, that he can be welcomed in to the family, to the kingdom of God through Jesus, through Peter. So Peter is now being stretched out of his comfort zone, out of something he probably believed of like, yes, I came for the Jew first, but now we're moving on. We're bringing in the Gentiles too. Well, actually in that story, like it, it starts, well, okay, so basically just what happens here in Acts 10, um, Peter and Cornelius, they're, they're in two separate places. They don't know each other. Cornelius is a Gentile man who has, uh, who God speaks to in a prayer to go find Peter. And at the same time, God is revealing to Peter through this vision, um, he, the vision is all, of all these unclean animals coming down and God's saying, kill, rise, kill, and eat. And Peter's like, no, I don't eat anything that's unclean. I don't do that. I'm a and Jew. It, I'm yeah. a good Jew. <laughs> and it happened three times. And then right after that, uh, Cornelius's men show up and we're like, hey, our Cornelius sent for us because... And Cornelius is like a Roman official guard. Yeah, he was important. Guard. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you said three times is important because uh, mm-hmm. you know three times probably rang a bell in Peter's mind. Of, That's yeah, true. this is probably Jesus. Yeah. Last <laughs> time he talked to me, there was a. There was, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? After I said, I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him. Yeah. So it was like, okay, this is probably you. Um, yeah, but they're both faithful. And Peter could have been like, nope, this isn't from God. We're, it's just for the Jews. But he trusted God. He trusted the Spirit. He trusted Jesus. He quickly learned the lesson. He learned the lesson, and he moved forward in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and Cornelius and his whole household is saved. And then he goes back and he tells the church, like basically the all the leaders in the Jerusalem church, hey, look what happened. Like God's moving to the Gentiles. Hold on to your socks, boys. This is getting crazy. Like we're, we're leaving <laughs> Jerusalem probably. Like this is going to be a bigger thing than we ever imagined and that probably fear and oh this is my faith this is my group this is ours god's telling them no no no, this is mine yes you let it go this isn't just about you and well this is my church i don't want any more people here than who it is or this is my family i don't i always just want to stay here i don't want to do this or that and god's like this isn't about you yeah this is about me and my kingdom this is my church your home is with me so let's spread. Let's go. Because there's more people that need to hear this. And Peter, I'm sure that was difficult. Um, oh, well, I mean, that's a humility check. Anytime that happens, it's like, 
a humble pill. <laughs> but like a hard humble pill of like my life will never be the same. Yeah. Like I may this may mean I'm leaving. You know, like I'm leaving Israel. And then again, Peter keeps getting arrested because he's being faithful. And he's getting arrested because they're basically like causing a ruckus, so to speak. In the Roman Empire that the whole job of like a Roman official was keep the status quo. We're gonna come in, we're gonna take over these cities, but we're not gonna demolish them. We'll just put leaders in place, let them keep their customs, but we're gonna tax them and get their yep. money. But we can't have chaos. These need to be normal. And that's why Paul kept getting arrested later in the... Because mm-hmm. they would preach the gospel, and the gospel offends. Yep. But the gospel also changes lives and brings miracles. So when you have miracles, people freaking out because a miracle just happened. People being offended because the gospel is going to hurt their business or their way of life or whatever. It caused chaos. And I don't think they Peter would, Peter wouldn't get arrested by the Romans here, but the priest kept her, like, you can't do this. this well, is and it was also changing, a challenge in the priest's authority. Absolutely. So Peter keeps going to jail. He keeps singing. <laughs> and then this is the coolest one. An angel shows up in jail and says, follow me. Well, and they had, get, like, the other disciples had given up on Peter at this point. They thought like, he was dead. They're yeah. praying, literally, while he's in jail. Like, uh-huh. our guy's about to die. Let's pray for him. And as they're praying, an angel literally gives walks him a... Peter unlocks jail. the jail, <laughs> walks him out. I don't know if he had an invisibility cloak or something, but nobody <laughs> saw him. Guy walks out, shows up at the door, knocking on the door, and the lady there at the prayer meeting thought it was a ghost. Thought he was dead. Thought it was a ghost. But Peter's like, no, it's me. An angel let me out. I'm out of here. <laughs> and Peter departs. We don't really know where, but he departs, probably continues to do mission missions. Journeys missions outside journeys. Outside of Jerusalem. And, um, and then we go to Acts 15. I don't know if you want to talk about it with the Jerusalem Council when Paul comes back. So at this point, after this point, Paul has already been converted. He is out doing. And, and Paul work. is very much called to do take the gospel to the Gentiles as a whole. So he goes mm-hmm. up throughout a lot of Europe and proclaiming the gospel. But he coming back to the church. For the, in Jerusalem for the first time and be like, hey, this is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. I've been converted. I know I tried to kill all y'all, <laughs> but I've been converted and I think the gospel needs to go to the Gentiles now. Well, and this isn't the first time that Paul came back, but the, during the Jerusalem Council, it was, um, they were having an issue basically deciding if circumcision was necessary for salvation. So that was the main point yeah. of the Jerusalem Council. And, and, you know, we just talked about Peter's vision about um, going to the what's Gentiles clean, and the not. clean food and what's not. Um, and it's, it's interesting in Galatians uh, chapter 2, um, Paul says, I'm going to say this quickly, but uh, chapter 2, verse 11, uh, Paul says, But when Cephas, which is another name for Peter, uh, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party, which meant the Jews. The, basically the Jews, yeah. Um, so, And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas uh, was led astray. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew... How can you force the Gentiles to live like the Jews? So this culminated at the Jerusalem Council. And after all the conversation back in Acts 15, uh, we see Peter saying, basically, 
Paul's right. Um, brothers, yeah. yeah. He's like, hey, this isn't, we don't need to put a weight on their shoulders that isn't needed. Yeah. He's like, do we need, when a 40-year-old man comes to know Christ, does that mean we need to circumcise him on the spot? Yeah. Because in the Old Testament, circumcision was the sign of being the people of God. Yeah. You can argue an, an odd sign, but it was the <laughs> sign of these are God's people. And, but it goes into even more circumcision is a sign. That physical circumcision was a sign of the circumcision of the heart that would happen through the Spirit and exactly. through Jesus. Of the old part is cut away, the old part is gone, and you have new. You are a new person. You are a new creation. And very much Peter, as he could have clung to his traditions, clung to everything that was old, um, he says, no, people are being saved. People are following Jesus. Uh, sure, they can become circumcised, but we're not going to force it on them and say, you can't be a Christian unless you're circumcised. Yeah. Because that's not what the gospel's about. But you're right, in Galatians 2, and I don't even know, it may be, Galatians 2 may be after this Jerusalem Council part. I don't know. But regardless, it may it may not. I'm not. But the whole point is, Peter. Even though Peter was bold, even though P- Jesus did amazing things through Peter, after all that, Peter still shows that he's human and he messes up and he falls back into his tendencies of, or at least in this moment, of being prejudiced towards others in a certain setting or just clinging to his own environment mm-hmm. instead of being like, no, I'm going to walk in the kingdom in, in this way, and um. But he still walked in that grace, and he mm-hmm. lived it out. But yeah, a book of Acts, and we can talk to other stuff later, but a complete transformation of who Peter was after Jesus called him, and him walking into that calling, being led by the Spirit. Thousands of people become saved. The, ch- the foundation of the church is set up. Uh, Peter goes into, the na- into different nations and preaches. Uh, they set up new guidelines within the church that were different than what they thought. Um, but all to spread the gospel. As you said earlier, like, Peter's boldness was used correctly. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Peter's boldness. Like, God created Peter initially <clears throat> as a bold person, but God molded Peter. Like, how he uses his boldness now is not, well, in this point of history, literally not today, but was different than how he used his boldness when he was walking as one of Jesus's disciples before Jesus was crucified and rose again. It's very different. So, well, you want to close us in prayer? Yeah, let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Uh, Thank you for each person listening, uh, whenever they're listening. Pray that uh, you work in their hearts. Speak to them. uh, Go with them today, tonight, wherever they're at. And uh, may you be honored and glorified. Help them know they're loved by you. Um, They're designed by you. Uh, You have a calling for them, and that calling is simply for them to be with you and to follow you, God. Uh, May we keep things simpler than we think they are sometimes, God. Uh, Help us trust you. Help us love you. Uh, Thank you for your goodness and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.